Grand. Good to see everyone. It is good to see you all. Even if uh, I can't quite see your smiles, I feel we just need to. I hoped we would be able to kind of smile and wave and say hi to one another. I'll just have to do a representative smile. This is how everyone is smiling at you. Uh, It's good to see everyone. It's so good to be together again, isn't it? 17 months is a long old time, isn't it, to be apart? Well, well done for for bearing with all the restrictions and um, the effect it's had on our church life together. Um, And it is so good to be together as a family again, isn't it? Uh, Mixed emotions, though, isn't it? Because there's there's a lot going on. Uh, We've got loved ones who are with us, who are some now with the Lord, who missing for the first time with us. Some who've moved away or or just um, moved to another church or not able to be with us. So we miss them, don't we? It's a day when we miss them, we feel their absence. And, uh, but it's also a really exciting day to be together again and see one another face to face and probably caught up a little bit with each other at the barbecues, but good finally to be together on a, on a Sunday. Now, just a few practicalities. You know, there's a few more than normal, as you'd probably expect. We've kept the rooms as ventilated as possible, but if you're in a room and you see a window that could be open that isn't open, feel free to open it and ventilate the room. Um, the chairs are spaced, as, as you can see, we're keeping uh, two spaces between households and uh, bubbles. We've got masks on, as requested. The Baptist Church just asked us if we could, all adults could wear masks while we're inside the building. We, we wanted to kind of honor their request in that, given their great hospitality to us and uh, letting us use the building this afternoon, um, which we're really grateful for. Um, obviously, there'll be some of us who are exempt, which obviously still applies. Um, we've simplified the meeting just to get us going. We don't want to make things too complicated for us, given there's a lot going on, and we're just getting used to being in crowds again. Um, so we won't do any refreshments at the end. We'll just head straight out through the exit at the back. But feel free to mingle afterwards, as you would do normally, and say hi to one another, and so on, as you feel comfortable. We're not going to do contributions. It's going to be quite difficult to speak up from behind a mask and everybody in the room intelligibly hear what you're saying. Um, So we thought it just might be simpler and with movement around the room just to not have contributions this afternoon. But we will reintroduce it as we kind of warm up to being with one another again. We're going to break bread in a moment. That's how we're going to start. We've got these individual wafers and cups, which are very fancy. They're quite... It's actually quite tricky to open. There's a little bit of an art to it, and I've only done it once. So I'm slightly nervous about how that's going to go. Um, appreciate that in a moment I'm going to talk about how eating one bread together make, brings unity, um, which is kind of ironic that we're using individual wafers and cups. It's a pretty poor representation of what bread and wine is actually meant to represent. But uh, we're kind of working within our limitations here, and so we're using these this morning. Do make sure you've got one. If not, maybe wave at someone. I don't know who that would be who's got them, but um, we'll get one to you. And uh, it'll be a slightly shorter meeting. We'll finish roughly by about quarter to four. There's a one-way system through these doors and out the back, so if you need to go to the toilet, just head out the back and round again. And the toilets are just through there. Uh, no, we didn't say that. Sorry, if you want to go to toilets, just head through these doors and right to the toilets there. Run. So the plan is we're going to break bread. We're going to spend some time in worship. The children are going to go out during worship. There's a parent-led crash. We just followed Jess. Um, she's heading there. If you've not been to the crash before and don't quite know where you're going, um, follow Heather for the God Zone. And then there's youth, which Amanda is doing today. Um, just so you're aware of that. And then Rod's going to preach to us, and then we'll respond in worship at the end. So that's a rough plan. Should we get ready to break bread together? Um, if you've got a Bible with you, turn to um, 1 Corinthians chapter 10. If you've not got a Bible, it's no problem. I'm going to read it out in a second. It uh, just felt really appropriate, being the first time that we're getting back together again, to break bread. Um, And I thought I'd just talk a little bit about why as we get ready to do so. Um, Remembering that Jesus' life, his death, his resurrection is the thing that brings us together today. His ongoing kingship of our lives is what's kept us 
together through difficult times and what brings us together today. It's something we're doing as part of our worship, so if you wouldn't call yourself a Christian, feel free to just leave it to the side and just kind of enjoy watching on as to what we're doing. Um, 1 Corinthians 10, verse 17, it says this, Because there is one bread, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one bread. I was kind of thinking about that verse, and I was a bit surprised by the logic, because I kind of would have expected the logic of that verse to read something like, um, we're one body, and therefore we eat of one bread. But what Paul actually says is that we eat one bread, and therefore we're one body. That eating bread brings unity, it brings us together as one. The eating bread and drinking wine makes us one body. It creates unity amongst us. And so I just felt it was much needed after such a long time apart physically. Um, it's much needed, isn't it? It's much needed in a time in society when you're defined by divisions. A society at the moment is divided by those who walk into shops with masks and those who walk in without masks. It's divided by um, whether you're uh, single vaccinated whether you're double vaccinated, whether you're not vaccinated at all, and which camp you lie in. It's divided by those who are hugging and kind of just so glad that they can leap on each other and give each other a hug, and those who are still keeping their distance. But not with us as a people. We've got a meal that Jesus has given us which brings unity. Unity with God, because verse 16 says we participate with Christ and his body and blood that we're united by his death in our place for our sin. And it brings unity with one another, in that we all share that in common with one another. And it's the nature of eating around a table, isn't it? There's lots of you individuals, but when you sit around a table, many people become one, don't they? There's one table, the many become one. And so with this table, when we come to the Lord's table and eat his meal, it brings us together and makes us one. It's a huge thing in scripture. Eating meals brings unity. And it's why pa- uh, Paul is actually angry in this passage. He's angry at the Corinthians because the meal that's meant to bring unity has actually been creating division. And the haves and the have-nots have been separated, the rich and the poor separated in the way that they've done the meal. Um, so our unity is not dependent on our experiences, our perspectives or responses to lockdown and the restrictions and the pandemic. Our unity is dependent on the body and blood of Jesus shed in our place. Um, so should we get ready to break bread? I'll just pray, and then, um, and then we'll eat together. Father God, we thank you for bringing us together today as one people, as one family. Um, we thank you that even though there are many differences amongst us, there is one thing which is common to all of us, that you're our Father in heaven that we know you love us and we know that you have demonstrated your love for us in Jesus on the cross. Living, having lived the perfect life that we haven't lived, dying the death we deserved and rising again from the dead so that we can all share in the hope and expectation that we too one day will be raised from the dead to live eternally with our Father. And we pray that you would bring us together as we eat and drink as one. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right, here's to the uh, tricky bit. If you peel this top layer on, off, that's got the um, M or W, whichever way you read it, then you should get a little wafer. There you go. Um, So, because there is one bread, we who are many are one body. Shall we eat together? Um, this bit is uh, distinctively trickier, (laughs) just to warn you. (laughs) Um, You have to kind of uh, peel back the silver foil, um, and it's a little bit of a tricky operation, especially with a microphone in your hand, so bear with me.
if you're um, practically challenged like me, then that would have been really hard work. <laughs> I actually just took Jess's. <laughs> She's done it for me. Um, let me say this. Are we, are we all there? I don't want to drink if we're kind of like half there. Shall I give you a second? I'll give you a second. All right. Because there is one cup, we who are many are one body. Should we drink? Wonderful. Thank you, Lord, that by your body and blood you brought us together, reminding us that we were those who were in need of forgiveness. Forgiveness has been offered because you've paid the penalty and the punishment we deserved. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. Andrew and the band are going to lead us in worship. Uh, Should we stand to worship? presence of my enemies, well I don't think we've got many enemies here, but uh, let's raise our hands.
Also, if you head through these doors and take a right and a left, if you're with kids, parent-led crash and God's own are down there. If you follow Heather, um, she'll be able to show you where you're going if you've not been before. For the rest of us, we're going to carry on worshipping together. It's good to sing together, isn't it? Uh, it's just not the same as doing it yourself at home, is it? This is, this is good. Let's carry on worshipping God together. Let's worship our God who is mighty to save. He's a God who moves the mountains. Whatever mountains there are in our life, He can move them. We need to just have a faith that He can move them. He's mighty to save. Everyone needs compassion. Love that's Say, yeah, you can live. 
As we were singing that, I was just reminded of these verses. Um, in the Old Testament, God's dwelling place was in the temple behind the curtain in the, the Holy of Holies. Uh, one priest went there once a year to offer sacrifice. It's where the presence of the Lord was. It's where his glory was. It's where heaven met earth. But we read this in uh, Hebrews 10, verse 19. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he has opened for us through the curtain on the cross, the curtain was torn, that is through his flesh. And since we have a great priest, Jesus, over the house of God, let us draw near. That's the basis on which we draw near, is the confidence that Jesus, through his death on the cross, has torn the curtains. We can come into his presence the glory, of the, uh, the glory of the Lord is not just filling a room in a temple in Jerusalem. It's filling the whole earth with his glory. It's filling us. When we meet together, the glory of the Lord is present in that place. So we thank you, Lord, that your presence goes with us. We thank you that your glory is not limited to that place, but is now filling the whole earth with your glory. 
as you fill us, your people, as you and come and dwell in, a, in your image bearers and you fill the whole earth, every nation, every tribe, every tongue, um, so that your glory is known and the name of Jesus is made famous everywhere. Thank you, Lord, for the joy of worshipping together just now. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. Do have a seat. Um, let me uh, just tell you some of the things that are coming up in church life. Um, first of all, just to say thank you for, for last uh, week and the couple of weeks before. We had a great time celebrating at the celebration barbecues. We want to say a big thank you to all those who served us so well. Grateful to for, for Doug and Amanda who hosted us so well at theirs, to Nigel and Cheryl for doing all the food. Uh, Liam did bookings. Um, Andrew and Anna and Andrew and Wendy did a great job of the decor, making the place just look fab. So, so grateful to those of you who served and pulled out. That was quite a, quite a mission, so really grateful for you serving us to get us all together. Um, just to let you know, there's going to be some painting fun on Saturday. Uh, Anna has received some crafts uh, from uh, our late sister Kathleen, about 15 paintbrushes, and we felt it would be a fitting way to use them just to get some people together, have some fun with some paintbrushes. Anna promises that there's no skill required, is there, Anna? No. Um, so is that's going to be at Anna's and Andrew's house on Grove Road on Saturday, any time between 11 and 4. We missed the details out in e-news, so we'll send out a reminder midweek at some point. And the final thing to say is that during August, we tend to pay, take a little bit of a pause on some of the normal rhythms of church life. So um, Monday morning burst of prayer will be on tomorrow, but that'll be the last time until uh, September the 6th. There'll be no Wednesday evening prayer meeting during August, and e-news is going to carry on, but it will be in a bit of a shortened format. Otherwise, I think Rod's going to come up and preach to us. Should we pray before he comes? Lord, we thank you for Rod and his teaching gift, and we thank you that you have um, given us your word, and that as we open it up, we meet with you. We're not just reading words on the page, we're encountering you. So we pray you would speak to us. Help us know you better, be changed, and live life differently, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Rod. Well, first of all, I feel privileged. I've been able to take this off. (laughs) Oh, man. It's wonderful to see you. Um, Do you know, I felt a little bit nervous about this afternoon, because here we are in person again. I don't know how the, the musicians felt, James, but, oh, you know, to, to be together again, it's lovely to see you and uh, to see you nice. <laughs> okay. And hasn't God been good? These have been difficult months, and for some they have been extremely difficult. Let's not beat about the bush. But actually, God has proved his faithfulness to us. And whatever the storm, we're going to let his praises roar. Up from the ashes, hope will arise. Death is defeated. The king is alive. Yeah. So it's great to be here. Lovely to see you. And... uh, You know, here we go. I can preach without PowerPoint, I think. (laughs) Okay. Will you turn to Genesis? Genesis chapter 11. I want to look to the future a little bit, but to look to the future, I want to turn to the past. The very beginning of God beginning to call out a people for himself. So we go to... Genesis 11 and verse 27. And we're going to read a little way into chapter 12. Uh, This is the account of Terah. That means that what happens to Terah's descendants is now described in the scriptures. Terah became the father of Abram, Nahor and Haran. And Haran became the father of Lot. 
While his father Terah was still alive, Haran died in Ur of the Chaldeans in the land of his birth. Abram and Nahor both married. The name of Abram's wife was Sarah, and the name of Nahor's wife was Milcah. She was the daughter of Haran, the father of both Milcah and Iscah. Now, Sarai was barren. She had no children. Terah took his son Abram, his grandson Lot, son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law Sarai, the wife of his son Abram, and together they set out from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to Canaan. But when they came to, to Haran, they settled there. Terah lived 205 years, and he died in Haran. The Lord had said to Abraham, Leave your country, your people, and your father's household, and go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, And whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram left as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife Sarai and his nephew Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated and the people that they had acquired in Haran. And they set out for the land of Canaan and arrived there. Now, it's interesting when you read the Bible that um, according to Genesis, it's Terah who took the initiative to leave Ur and to set out for Canaan. And um, yet when you read Acts chapter 7 and Stephen's speech there, it says that God spoke to Abraham in Ur, go to Canaan. Well, perhaps God spoke to them both. Maybe uh, terror and uh, just relied on what God had said to Abraham. That might be true. It also may be that uh, terror fled because, in fact, Ur was destroyed not too long after they left. Now, they go, the way to Canaan, the quickest way, or the, the shortest way, put it that way, would be to go due west. But nobody would go that way because it would take them through deadly desert. So instead of, of going that way, they went via what is called the Fertile Crescent. They headed north, northwest, and then would arc over down into Canaan. And if they went that way, which they did, they would go through Haran. Terah and his family got to Haran, and we learned that that's where he stopped. He acquired lots of possessions there. And it seems that for Terah and his family, or at least for Terah, that was a good place to be. And yet, he'd set out for Canaan. Why had he stopped? Why hadn't he done what he'd intended to do? Why hadn't he pursued what God had begun to indicate to Abraham? Maybe because there was a lot to satisfy in this city and he acquired great possessions. Maybe because it was safe and secure. Because if he actually went into Canaan, he would be a stranger and a wanderer and life would be insecure. Or maybe materialism had got the better of him and he intended to go on, but when he became comfortable and everything was nice, oh, I'm not going to bother to go further. I mean, that's a warning to us. I'm not going to pursue that here, but that is a warning that there there is a temptation that when we get to a good place in our Christian life, we settle and think, that's it. And yet God ever is ever calling us forward. And I believe that's what he's doing uh, to new life right now. He's calling us to go forward. Whatever the circumstances, whatever the situation, 
he's calling us further forward. There's more. Now, what about Abraham in this time? I wonder what Abraham thought. Let me, let me say two things about Abraham. There's more that could be said, but let's leave it at two this afternoon. And the first is this, that whilst he was in Haran, Abraham kept the vision, the call, alive. While he was in Haran, Abraham kept the vision alive. Now, Abraham has been criticised by some people like this. Well, if God had called Abraham to Canaan and terror his father had stopped in Haran, why didn't Abraham take his part of the family and carry on? And people have thought that. Was Abraham being disobedient at that point? And the answer is no. Because to think like that is a very modern Western way of thinking. Life was different way back then. Now if you look at, um, at, the, uh, at the reading that we had, you will see that Terah had three sons and it puts Abraham first which would normally mean that Abraham was the oldest but there are good reasons for thinking that he wasn't the oldest son I'm not going into that but there are good reasons for thinking that all the more reason why Abraham should honour his father and do what his father wanted Abraham wouldn't leave because that would dishonour his father and the family. So he stayed put. So there's no real room for criticism there. Abraham knew that he'd been told to go to Canaan. He knew that Terah had agreed that this was the case. But when his father settled out of honour for his father... He stayed there. Otherwise, it would have been a thing of shame to have left. But I wonder what he felt in those time, in that time. You know, I can imagine Abraham at night by himself thinking, God, you told me to go to Canaan. My father has stopped. God, You've told me that I should follow you there. But he, well, he's got comfortable. And we're getting all these possessions. God, I want to do what's right. But I believe Abraham would have come to the point that whatever happened, God would work it out. Something for us to learn. Whatever happens, whatever roadblocks, whatever obstacles, whatever hindrances, whatever things cause us to stop pursuing what God wants us to do, God will work it out. I can imagine him thinking that. But Abraham never forgot what God had said to him. God had said, go to Canaan. And all that time, he kept it. He held it. I believe Abraham did what it was said that Mary did millennia later. He kept it in his heart. This is what God has said. I'm going to hold on to it. I'm not going to let it go. Because the circumstances may be speaking against it, that doesn't change what God has said. I'm going to hold on to that. So what does this say to us on a personal level to start with? Maybe, maybe God has spoken to you in the past. Maybe God has given you a promise. God has said, said to you, I am going to do this for you. 
that, that member of your family, that son, that daughter, that father, that mother, whatever, that, that relative, that close friend, they're going to come to know me. And it hasn't happened. And time has gone on. Abraham was in, in Haram for years. Time has gone on. If God has said it, hang on to it. Because his word is true. Hold on to it. Because the circumstances are difficult, doesn't mean that his word is, is neg- negated. It's true. Hold on to it. Maybe it's God has, you feel God has called you to do something. And you think, oh, all this time, this lockdown, everything has militated against it. I, I feel a bit like that about going to Europe. Oh, you know, last time we waved off from, from Romania, see you, in, see you in the spring. Like fun we did. Not the spring, not the autumn, not the spring. But is still God in it? Yes, he is. Hold on to it. Whatever God has said, don't let it go. Don't let it go. Or perhaps even it may be that God has promised you something for this church, for new life. And it hasn't happened yet, or at least not in the way that you believe it should. Hold on to it. Hold on to it. God doesn't tell lies. His word is truth. That's on an individual level, but what about on a church level? Things have come to a halt. Things have been difficult. But it hasn't changed what God has for this fellowship. Let's hold on to some some other things. Let's hold on to the fact that God brought this fellowship into life way back in the 80s. Oh, long time. Let's hold on to the fact that God has been faithful over the years, hasn't he? Yes. And some of us have been here the whole time. Has God proved his faithfulness? Yes, he has. And so he will. God has not reneged on his original purpose. Yet the vision and the details may change as time goes on. But God has not reneged on what he wants for this place. He wants a people here. He wants to impact this town and area and the towns around. Let's hold on to that. Hold on to the fact that God has placed you here. And whatever happens, he doesn't change his mind on that. So Abraham, that was the first thing, he held on to what God had said. But the second thing is this, that while he was in Haran, Abraham's vision was enlarged. If we put Acts chapter 7 and Genesis 11 together, it looks as if God said to Abraham, go to Canaan. But then look what God says to him in the beginning of chapter 12. I will make you a great nation. Oh, what a promise. What a promise for a man whose wife is at this point barren, unable to have a child. I will make you a great nation. Look at it. I will bless you. Thank you, Lord. Not just any old blessing, but the blessing of having an amazing purpose. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. People you come into contact will be blessed by you. And down the centuries, your name will be a blessing to people. We, brothers and sisters, by faith, are children of Abraham. Whoa! Abraham has blessed us in that sense. 
I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to hold on to you. Nothing's going to come against you. You're going to triumph over your enemies. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. We are blessed today in 2021 because Abraham obeyed God. That's incredible. His vision, his call, his sense of destiny expanded. And when the time came, probably it looks as if when Terah had, had died, Abraham moved on. Still confident in the call of God. I feel deeply that God doesn't just want to renew as we get back together the the old vision we have. That's great. God hasn't reneged on that, as we've said. But he wants to expand that. And we've had prophetic words. We haven't weighed them all up yet, totally. But in those prophetic words, I really believe that God is saying, what, you, what you're going to see and what you're going to experience is greater than what you've known before. Yes, he wants us to be a people of worship who glorify Jesus, who, who know the presence and the power of the Spirit as we gather together. He wants to be, us to be a people of the Word. This is what he said, and we've weighed this, and, and we, we know this is true. He wants us to be a people of the Word who say, this is God's Word, and we will live by it. And we will seek to understand it. And he wants us to be a people of wonder, where the power of the, the Spirit is moving in a dynamic and renewing fashion. God, do it again and more. And he wants us to be a people of works who reach out into the community with love and compassion and help the poor and the needy. These things aren't set in an order. They they move together in equality. And he's indicated that we should be a hub for this sort of thing. I can't go any further than that. But I believe that God is expanding our vision. And folks, as we can celebrate that God has looked after us and will continue to do that, as we can rejoice that God's word is true and he won't renege on his promises to us, we can also rejoice and trust together that this is but the beginning. There's a land out there, just as there was for Abraham. There's a land out there to be possessed. And God longs and will do great things amongst us, his people. I could ask you, do you believe it? (laughs) I don't think that's fair. I think we need to take that on board and settle it in our hearts for ourselves. God wants to build, to take the words of an old worship song, to build a people of power and a people of praise that will move through this land by his spirit and will glorify his precious name are you with us father thank you for your word thank you that your promises never fail that your word is truth thank you that you've looked after us you've cared for us and you continue to help us and strengthen us And Lord, we pray, I ask in the name of Jesus that you will enlarge our vision, first of all, of you, because you're a great and mighty God. And you will enlarge our faith and hope and expectation 
of what you want to do right here in this part of the world. We bless you, we praise you, we honour you, we glorify your name because you are great and you are worthy of all our praise and we lift up our hands and our hearts and our voices in worship to you. Amen. Grand, amen. Let's do that then. Should we stand and get ready to respond in worship and song? Who am I that the highest king would welcome me? It's wonderful listening to what Rod said, that we've all got our own. God's got a Canaan for each of us, Lord, that he wants to lead us to, lead us in by his spirit and his power. says, see what love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. Amazing. This uh, last song um, is a song of commitment, really, and to your hand I commit again with all I am. Let's sing this wholeheartedly. To your hand, I commit. 
Yeah, Jesus, we believe in you. Jesus, we belong to you. You're the reason, Jesus, that we live. You're the reason that we sing with all that we are. We offer it to you. We thank you just for this really precious moment of being able to get together and declare that we believe in you. We belong to you. We're part of your family, and it's good to be together as a family again. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Do have a seat. Um, Thanks, band, for leading us. That's great. Um, Just so you know, for the the plan going on through August is that we're meeting here again in two weeks' time, and then two weeks after that, so on the eighth of August and the twenty second of August. On the other weeks, we're meeting back online again, which means we'll have the usual kind of all get together on Zoom. Um, and then there'll be New Life Online on YouTube or Facebook, whichever media channel you're using, so you can uh, get involved then. Um, so that's, that's the plan throughout August. In terms of when we finish now, we're going to head immediately straight out the back through the doors, and then feel free to linger around. There's a lot of space around the side if you want to stick around and say hi to one another, catch up, find out where everybody else is going on summer holidays and uh, stick around but it's good to see you folks alright God bless